0: It is an anguished, arrogant show, man. Yeah. July 7, 2021. How's it going, everybody? We're finally in July. Happy belated Canada Day. I, I don't know if you're celebrating Canada Day anymore this year after what we found in that old residence school, you know, up in the Kamloops. Holy crap! I completely missed that out until um couple days ago You know, a couple of days after Which was basically a couple of days, few days after the Canada Day I didn't know this was a thing You know, cancel Canada Day Do not celebrate red or white You know, uh, that stuff And then uh, speaking of By the time that this recording comes out I am, I'm hoping that I made it into Canada After the new relaxation of the vaccination Vaccinated citizens and all that stuff Blah 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 The microchip citizens are allowed to come through like everyone, man. But let's see what happens um, but, you know, I, I, I will just say, I was, um, I know there, you know, your, your people in America think Canada is a perfect angel, angelic, like, snowy place, you know, but then completely forget that, that's, that snowy white is also the same white people <laughs> that America and the European, you know, the, 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 they're Europeans, what are you gonna say, so, you're obviously going to get the pushback, the freedom, and all that stuff that, you know, the you people, the Ontario you people, people come out, you know. So I I was not surprised when you read the comment threads about, like, hey, man, cancel Canada like, What do you mean? You hate this country? Why don't you fucking leave? You know, all that shit. I go, like, in this country too? But why am I not surprised? Nationalistic, populistic, whatever that shit. And then especially after watching the... The HBO Max documentary "Q into the Storm" about the QAnon and all that—I just go, wow, this this thing really spread. It really spread, but it's not a surprise. But I, I I was I was processing it. I just go, yeah, you know what? Maybe this year it's not a bad thing. You know, it's like the Columbus Day of Canada, basically. But we don't have Christopher Columbus in Canada, right? But the atrocities with the residential schools, which really is scary thinking about it, how the Uyghur is being treated up in, you know, Northwest China, you know, and then yes, the history of that is very, very fragile and then very complicated given the, you know, the ethnic minority, the Muslim minorities, Islam in China. Trying to re-educate them. It really mirrors a lot of the residential school stuff and then uh you know whatever happened in Camelops. I'm surprised that China Chinese government came out and said you need to investigate this shit. I'm like, motherfuckers, aren't you doing the exact same shit? You know, without the mass murder that we know so far, and then you're just recording the movie Mulan and shit. You know? I just go, What a bunch of hypocrites, and then like China. I can go out about the CCP, not the people of China. The mainland and the Chinese government, you know, I can talk about that. Whatever, I, I talked about that enough. I think I feel like so, you know. But I, from that perspective and the the recency of what was what just fo- we found out from the camelops, I just go yeah, I, I I see what people are saying, but at, at the same time I just go well, it was brought to the awareness, but it's like. It's like the constant debate we have about out in America, and then the, hey, let's take down the Churchill statue, let's take down the Lincoln statue, let's take, let's take down the John A. Macdonald statue, the first Prime Minister of Canada. You know, like then, yeah, all of them are assholes, to be honest, like, I, who wasn't an asshole? There's no perfect historic figure. You know, if you think that person is perfect, that guy has some pedophile-like fucking history. If you think that person is not a fucking pedophile, it's a, that motherfucker is a racist. I mean, that's what happened with the time. Am I saying that's okay? Absolutely not. Which I'm also going to talk about with a more recent topic that's coming up. But I just go, where does it end? Where does it end, progressives and liberals? Like, you know, it's... Where does it end? I, 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 I question it that way. Yeah, I... I, my olive branches, yeah, this year maybe we want to do it orange and white instead of the red and white Given what we just found out with the Kamloops But I just go, uh, yeah, we bring awareness to it And then you need to take it into an action to improve the indigenous people's lives And also same for the Native Americans over here in the United States And also the indigenous people in South America The entire fucking continent north to the south is fucking corrupted by Europeans anyway to begin with, so you know, I you know, let's just do that, and then like API, nah, fucking like, but get all of these guys in here, okay? It's like we gotta do it that way. That that's been my take. But um, speaking of Canada and then the Canadian tradition, what the fuck the Stanley a final? The fucking Ch- Tampa Bay just dogged the shit out of the you know the, the the game game four over here the Monday night. I know the game five. You know, now we're going to game five, and Tampa is going to be happening the day this recording comes out. So, game five is probably done by the time you listen to this. But um, I got to say, Tampa dogged it, and Tampa should have closed it. But i never seen a team as much as talented as the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I am very convinced that they're the 90s Detroit Red Wings. Like, if you know that the perils are just unbelievable. A couple years ago, in 2019 season. Uh, Tampa won the President's Cup as the league's best in, best team President's Trophy, excuse me President's Cup of golf uh, And then uh, Red Wings did the same thing in 96 But both teams choked it out in the first or second round And then they won the following year 97 for the Red Wings Ended their drought you know, nine, uh, two, 2020 during the pandemic for the Lightning. And then the Wings won it again in 98. And then I it's it's, it's obviously the Lightning's a better team. So they're probably going to win it again. You know, and then some people go, yeah, The fucking Lightning cheated, man. Nikita Kucherov, $18 million, overcounted in a cab. And <laughs> just go, you know what? They, got, they figured it out. And then th- they're not going to hold on to this team again anyway, right? I mean, and then how can you argue this talent? Like... Kucherov barely played the whole fucking season. He just came back so late, you know? So even if Kucherov didn't play, they would have done the same thing. It's just that this guy happens to be the, like the this generation's Patrick Kane in my opinion. <laughs> so what the fuck? You know, but I, Tampa, very exciting team. They're not gonna keep this team together like this next year. But it really reminds me of the Red Wings dominance in the mid-90s up to the early 2000s. And then into some parts of the 2000s. So I think they'll continue to do that. They got Stamkos locked up. And then the Kucherov probably also. Vizhnevsky. Uh, Vizhnevsky? I can't say the fucking goalie's name. I still say the Lubomir Vizhnevsky. The former you know, LA Kings defenseman. I don't remember his name for some reason. But the, uh, the bunch of Russians on that team. The, uh, they're all unbelievable. So... Uh, let's see how they do, but uh, I think the Haps are just fluking around, you know, staying out, and then I I was I was just flabbergasted when the fucking Lightning couldn't score in that four-minute double minor that was handed to them to end the fucking series. I think they're dogging it, you know, so I hate Tampa. <laughs> Anyways, I digress, so, um, and then uh, if Montreal comes back and makes it a series somehow, you know, after Wednesday... I'll be very, very surprised, but I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I think Tampa's gonna finish. So, and I I want the season to be done. Just get this over with, you know. And then the we're gonna we're gonna get back to the we're in mid July almost, and then we're still playing the Stanley Cup final. And then the NBA finals is gonna start next uh, tomorrow or the I'm, I'm sorry, it already started by the time you hear this. So uh, started you know, and then uh Suns versus the Bucks and I'm like the Bucks made it without Giannis and I'm like I kind of wanted to see Trey Young versus Devin Booker but it's not going to happen. Trey Young's hurt, Giannis is hurt. Uh This is the both of the teams only chance to do this so <laughs> I'm going to see some desperation out of both teams here. Uh but I'm cheering for the Suns because Suns never won and then the Bucks, you know, they won long long time ago. I don't I I mean, I'm, as much as I'm impressed with Giannis' uh, athletic ability, I don't think he's at. I don't think he's Kevin Durant. I don't think he's LeBron. Giannis can't shoot for shit, uh, and he's not a creator. So he just overpowers everybody, and then wait till that body breaks down. He reminds me a lot more of Blake Griffin than Kevin Durant at that point. So, anyways, and then I can have the basketball. Uh, they try their best, and then they somehow miraculously came back and took it to the overtime against the Czech. Uh, and did not make to the Olympics, but uh, you know what, given the pandemic that's still around the world, and Canada somehow put together the roster as best as they could, I know it was missing a lot of players, like Jamal Murray, obviously the best Canadian player at the moment, you know, he's hurt, he got hurt, Nuggets suffered, Team Canada suffered, Uh, Kelly Olenek didn't play, I'm sure he's tired from playing a lot with the Miami Heat and the extended you know season here it sucks that uh, the local boy out of bc couldn't play um you know kelly Olinick would have been a, such a help against those uh, Czechs and then the greeks and all that and then um but you know i i rj barrett andrew wiggins uh corey joseph those guys you know they gotta try this again in three four years are they gonna come back i hope so especially jamal murray i remember when he played for the pan am game you know when it was in toronto a couple of years ago just before he got drafted I mean, this guy has to come back. This guy, this guy, Kelly Olenek, Tristan Thompson, you know, he cheated on fucking Chloe again, but, like, you need that fucking big body presence. Kelly Olenek, Tristan Thompson, we need to see that. Trey Lyles, you know, all those guys, you know, they're going to grow. And then uh, Corey Josephs is going to be old by that point in four years from now. You know, Corey played a lot. And then, uh... It's it's unbelievable. The, the It may not be the most talented team, but then the amount of NBA draftees that's on Team Canada is like the most after United States, basically. And then, uh, you know, Nick Nurse is a great coach, and then he's been handed a very limited card, kind of like the Raptors this year. So I, I hope this is not the end. Yeah, Canada shouldn't have been in this place to begin with, given how the qualification went last year and then a couple of years ago from the FIBA World Americas but you know what I I you know there's continuous talent coming in for this young Canadian basketball team and you know I I just hope that this is not the end and then I it showed a lot of hope. This is the first time I actually saw them play with actual NBA players, more than three of them. <laughs> so I just go, damn, man, Jamal Murray gets healthy. Kelly O'Linick plays. Tristan Thompson go grab those big-ass rebounds, rebounds, and then RJ gets better. Wiggins gets his confidence back. Anthony Bennett, whatever he's been doing, you know, get better. And then uh, other players that I'm, you know, Trey Lyles getting older. And then uh, there are a bunch of other, other guys on there. And then I just go, you know what? Have at it, have at it. So let's see what happens. Um, main thing I want to talk about this week, for the as we enter the July seventh here, is the uh, whole ESPN debacle, uh, which is the Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols. You know, this is a very basketball heavy topic. After we started heavy with <laughs> the Native Americans, no, I'm sorry, Indigenous people in Canada, and then the Canada day. Um, so, if you don't know the story, uh, basically the, the the New York Times had an article that come out. Timing is very suspect in my opinion. I think other people pointed this out too. Uh, Maria Taylor, who's been on you know many shows on ESPN, her contract is about to expire July twentieth, and ESPN. This is more of a media junkie contract story, and then the talent. So, you know, I, I get nerdy about it Because I follow everything And then especially the media back, you know, story of things Who Who's a producer, who's a, you know, VP of it Who runs what show I find that part very fascinating for some reason I mean, that got me into the wrestling backstage story also It's like, hey, this is how the TV deal works This is how the TV ratings work The commercials, you know, ad money, revenue, all that stuff The talent on air and all that stuff I found that uh, awfully fascinating And then, um So anyways, Maria Taylor, rising star, uh, former basketball player, Uh, she's got a contract coming up, uh, expiring, and obviously there aren't too many you know sports media places that people can land on here in US. I mean, you can say, oh, but if you leave ESPN, where do you go? There's Fox Sports, but then Fox Sports is a bit of a turmoil after many people left that place, and then the direction is really unclear how FS1 and Fox Sports is going to go. You know, but I'm not gonna go into that, that rabbit hole. And then uh, NBA on ESPN has been fairly entertaining. You know, with Rachel Nichols, uh, you know, who was at ESPN originally, then went to Turner, then came back to ESPN to host a Daily Show. Is it a Daily Show? Yeah, The Jump with uh, Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins now. And then uh, you know, there was a whole thing last year, like in the bubble and everything. And Maria Taylor is gonna host the NBA Finals on ESPN or ABC, then Rachel, you want to do the Doris Burke thing. Doris Burke, the the really good sideline reporter and the play-by-play. Uh, it's like, because that was Rachel Nichols' original job, but then, you know, apparently they're doing the bubble. There was a hot mic that was caught, you know, with a lot of conversation between the producer and Rachel. And then the contract situation and the job reassignment coming up, and then Rachel said some things. You know, I'll definitely have it in the description where you can find those. It's everywhere. Um, where she basically, I'm gonna paraphrase her saying, you know, you're, you're nothing against Maria, but you know, I like, I ain't, I ain't gonna downgrade my job. Basically, going from a studio host, the championship, you know, pregame show host to a sideline reporter, just because you want to pl- put a black girl in front. Uh, Instead of uh, me, a white woman, but I understand with the ESPN's crummy record, the crappy history of diversity, so from a female perspective, you know, that's what she said, so it awfully came off, if you don't know the history of the two, and then the, you know, kind of like me, kind of following just the media history in general, looking at it, you go, oh no, this is another white bitch fucking complaining about a rising black woman, and all that stuff, and I, I, I got to say, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And then there's a lot of outrage because the obvious NBA fans, uh, day-to-day watchers are mad at Rachel Nichols already. After she got the jump show, like, oh, but she's pushing her narratives and then her narratives are fucking awful, you know, like – she, and then she brings up the Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose scored 50 points and brought up the whole rape case thing I mean what what the fuck kind of journalism is that and uh, blah, 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 all that mouth-breathing bullshit but, and then like Rachel Nichols has a has a Diane Sawyer as a mother-in-law how, like how do you how do you you know all that fucking shit how how can you be more privileged than that how can you not be you know i i, I, I just go okay. You Calm your balls and your fucking, whatever, hate for a second. I just go, Rachel Nichols, compared to the other people, you got, but, but. I'm not so far off against what she's been saying. I'll be honest. Am I necessarily defending her? Well, kind, I guess I come off like that, but deal with it. So, this is, this is an unfortunate position that Rachel's in. And also Maria's in, the timing is suspect to begin with how this recording comes out because this was recorded during the 2020 bubble when the season resumed last year, last summer, July up to like October or some shit, right? Remember that? Remember that a year ago? You know, back then when we didn't even have a fucking Delta variant? And so everybody was bubbled up, so everybody had to be on the fucking production through like Zoom calls and everything, and this... Somehow let's keep recording And ESPN Internally this audio has been going around So it's like the situation was tense Over the last 10-12 months or something You know especially Maria uh, Taylor's contract Coming up and then uh, again Again I'm going to preface it by Saying I have nothing against Maria Taylor I think she's a Phenomenal star and then uh, She deserves a good spotlight And the assignments that she deserves You know like like some of the other ones you had, like Kari Champion and Michelle Beadle and those people. But then ESPN has this thing. It's like the WWE. It's like a cookie-cutter production. It's like that Dis- it's like Disney Factory. It's that Nickelodeon factory. It's like we don't need to build up the people. And then, like, we just build, you know, it's to protect the brand. And then ESPN obviously has ran into a lot of the talent attrition problem and then the, the, the unique thing that the each talent brings. But then that means it costs money given how much the Disney and ABC and ESPN pumps out the money. Anyways, so Maria Taylor, timing is also suspect, going back to that, because I remember seeing before this whole article came out on Sunday, Monday, that on the New York Times and the New York Post, it was like, oh, Maria Taylor wants $5 million a year. Uh, just to put it in perspective, Stephen A. Smith makes $8 million a year. I think Skip Bayless, when he left ESPN for Fox Sports 1, When the Fox Sports 1 is really picking up going embrace debate and all that shit that Jamie Horowitz who ran the thing and, you know, the ESPN will move over to Fox Fox Sports did this, blah, 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 media nerd. And coming up, um, Maria Taylor wanted $5 million, Skip Bayless made $5.5 million for five years if I remember right when the contract was up five, six years ago. So he wanted basically Skip Bayless five years ago money. Uh, or he was off. She was offered five million when she asked for Stephen A. eight million dollars, right? And then somehow, due to the pandemic, that number has dwindled down to two, three million a year. And then this news came out, you know, 20 days before the contract expiration, the supposed expiration of the contract that's on the July 20th. The day after that, day or two after that, during the long weekend of the news dump, we get this Rachel Nichols story, and it's like. And then you get this story come out So I just go uh, Somebody is somebody's Playing the games here with the media Obviously which is part of the You know negotiation Tactic obviously But I'm very surprised that who, who, who would have leaked the first One saying Oh Maria Taylor wants 5 million But then due to the COVID It went down to 2-3 million And she hasn't taken it What an ungrateful bitch At least That's how I hear every time I hear shit come out in the New York Post. So I'm assuming that somebody on the management side bringing it up. Then the New York Times article comes out about, hey, Rachel talks shit about Maria Taylor, you know, this privileged white woman. And then it was fucking awkward the last nine months here at ESPN. Think about it. Think about it. I wonder who said who would push that story out. I'm going to say somebody in the Maria Taylor's camp, or, you know, in that proximity. So why did Rachel get in the middle of this fucking negotiation here? But I only, only way it makes sense is like, hey, Maria Taylor is getting groomed to be the next, you know, the next generational host for the NBA or the jump and all that stuff, you know, in place of Rachel. But I got to go back. This is a problem that ESPN also has. I just go, they get rid of, like, aging people a lot. Only people that are left are, like, Linda Cohn or something, especially women. And then I just go, well, Michelle Beadle got, kind of got, like, kicked to the curb. And then I don't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> and then she was on NBC Sports. And Michelle came back to ESPN, then disappeared again, blah, blah, blah. And then like Rachel Nichols is kinda kinda going the same thing, I feel like. But then I just go, I think Rachel Nichols paid her dues. I really don't buy this narrative that some some of the mouth mouthbreeding knuckleheads have the conversation out there is like Rachel Nichols' mother in law is Diane Sawyer. What a privileged white woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Trying to just send a white woman preaching her fucking right. And then she laughed about Me Too movement and then the and then the, the Black Lives Matter stuff. When the producer said, I'm sick of this. I'm really tired of the conversation. I mean, it was a private conversation. And then it somehow got recorded and got around the company. And second of all, I, I really think Rachel Nichols paid her dues. When she was first on ESPN, being a sideline reporter. Then went to Turner, paid her dues in the NCAA tournament and in the NBA, inside the NBA panel. The only and then did the CNN and all that stuff. And then the, she came back to ESPN because she was given an opportunity to do the to do that daily show, the jump. And then people are mad that she's taking the personal narratives, man. And then like but everybody else on ESPN has a personal narrative. Fucking Dan Libertard had it, you know, with his dad, Bahami Jones, and then uh fucking not to Stephen A, Kellerman, all these other people. It's an opinionated network to begin with, you know. And then the, the the Fox News and CNN, MSNBC took it to the next level, taking the ESPNization of the politics. So why are you knocking Rachel for doing the same shit the rest of the guy colleagues do on the fucking same network the last fifteen years? Pardon the interruption. Around the horn, you know. What, what the f- calling coward when it was on there? What what the fuck is the difference? So I'm just like. Don't knock her for do you know wanting the same thing, chasing the same thing that other guy colleagues have. So I'm for her on that side. I don't think Maria would disagree on that. The only difference here is uh they had to they had to take her job to push another younger one. Which is the ESPN tactic they always do. Oh, we'll just find somebody cheaper, younger. But then in this case, they decide to give Maria Taylor, allegedly, five million dollars at one point, but giving you know And say, Rachel, go out the way. You just be the sideline reporter like Doris Burke. This is your, you know, you had your chance. Which I don't understand. I'm like, then Rachel is right. Maria Taylor did more, like covering football, covering other sports, doing other shows, you know. Like, why? And then, obviously, if you pay someone a lot of money, you see this with Stephen A., Paying $8 million a year. You plug him in and everything. Get the maximize the value out of that talent. This is why you get the dumbass take that Stephen A has on like, you know, UFC on ESPN. (laughs) And all that stuff. And then I'm sure Stephen A is going to fucking show up when NHL gets on there. You know? And then have a dumbass take. He's like, James Dolan doing the stupid shit that he's doing at the Knicks. You know, all that shit. And I just go, you know... This corporation just pit people against each other, and then people are being very tribal about this. And then I understand the black people's frustration with this. If I were Maria Taylor, I ain't coming back at this point. Like, why would I sign this shit? You don't have a five million dollar contract, you're looking at two or three million dollars. And then, even the thing that I always notice with ESPN, it's no different from WWE, which is like it's to protect the brand, it's not about talent. The amount of loyalty that this ESPN doesn't show, like the WWE, like the rest of the Disney does, is unbelievable. So, why? Two, three million. Like, no. And then, is there another Fox Sports that you can go to and do this? I guess not. I mean, is Turner going to pay up that money? Ah, probably match you two, three million, but not five million. You know, you're not shacked. You know? And I don't understand people knocking Maria, too. Like, well, well, she wanted Stephen A money. That's what you get. And I'm like, why are you knocking someone for wanting the money? Stephen A set the bar for talking shit. I could do his job for fucking $80,000, you know, for half the time. But I don't want $80,000. I can do better than Stephen A for $5 million. How about that? I'll take that $5 million. I feel the Asian quota for the minorities. How about that? For fuck's sakes. You know, don't knock Maria for wanting it. And then Rachel's not wrong either. What she said about, like, the crappy, crummy record that ESPN has with the minorities. Come on. Stuart Scott. And then, uh, what's her face? I forgot her face all of a sudden. Sage Steele. You know? Who else is there? Who else is there? Kari Champion? I don't think Kari's on the fucking ESPN anymore. So you got Maria Taylor. And then you got Rachel Nichols. Look, Pick all the women. Like, how many are, like, really stand out? You know? And then you got Katie Nolan, whose show apparently was canceled more than a year ago. You got her, but she's not doing anything. She's on ESPN+. Plus. No, even that is canceled. And then you got, uh... You got the... Minka Kimes, was it? The half-Korean lady? You know? They're entertaining, but I'm like... They're all part of the opinionated shows anyway Like, kinda like Maria Taylor, kinda like Rachel Nichols So I'm just like All, you know, people picking sides Very generically, without looking at the overall picture of ESPN And their history of the shows And then their fucking programming lineup. It's unbelievable, just taking sides and go Privileged white woman Spoiled black bitch I just go, are you fucking shitting me man? Is this, is this that black and white to you? No pun intended Maybe the pun is intended in this case I mean, it's utterly sad Like, the one that obviously wins in this case Is ESPN with their massive contract And then the cable deal that they're surviving off of Disney on They stopped draining money off of Disney You know They cut costs as much as they could And then, I, I feel sad that like This is what it has come down to Like, pitting two talents against each other For obviously wanting what they want and I think both of them are great there great at their jobs. I enjoy both of their work immensely. And if I were Berea, I wouldn't fucking come back to ESPN at this point. You're not getting five million. Even if you get five million now, like what satisfaction is there? You're, this thing is gonna hang over you this, this this fucking burden is gonna be over your shoulder this entire time. You know? And then especially the media business is like, do you really need the brand name to do it? Oh, yeah, you get the fuck you money like Stephen A did. Eight million dollars for four years, four or five years. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy, this guy makes a million a year. Are you fucking kidding me? What, talking shit all day? I mean, yeah, he brings the ad revenue from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Just like Skip Bayless, you know, talking nonsense with like Shannon Sharp. Skip, skip, skip. You know, doing that shit 9 a.m. or 6 a.m. over there. You know, he's, he's really believing in his own bullshit. Some of the interview that I heard, I just go, you really live the gimmick. You know, that's like a wrestling term. It's like, it's like Ric Flair. There are two kinds of people who leave the character at home or the character out in the ring, out in the field, and then not bringing it at home. S- Skip Bayless and Stephen A completely lost themselves in their own bullshit, you know, in their own fucking caricature that, like, they believe the shit they're saying. It's unbelievable. The thing about Skip Bayless is like his, his NFL knowledge, he still lives in like the 80s, 90s of the like AFC West division. I just can't believe that he still thought the Seattle Seahawks were in the AFC West rivaling the fucking Denver Broncos. It's like 1999, you know? That's the amount of knowledge he has. And then he's just like just, just trolling left and right. It's just how, how does he deserve five, six, seven, eight million dollars? You know, Stephen A., don't know jack shit about UFC. And then he just talks shit. I know it's a barbershop talk. But I just go, God damn, $8 million doing that shit? So many people have useless jobs making so much fucking money. You know? And so, what's wrong with Maria Taylor asking for $5 million? What's wrong with Rachel Nichols going, I built my credibility doing this shit and then you're telling me to downgrade my job? From hosting to the sidelines. You know. I, I had the exact same thing. When I saw Fox News hiring Aaron Andrews. And then bumped. Um, uh, what's her face? Pam. Uh, not, what's it? I can't remember her last name. You know she was on team one. With Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And Pam. The lifer of a Fox Sports, NFL on Fox especially, since 1994, got sidelined by this white bitch. And I just go, man, that did me wrong more than this Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor situation. Aaron Andrews, yeah, more of a, more of a pop culture name. But I just, I just thought, Pam Oliver. I thought Pam Oliver was done wrong. I thought that was way worse than this. That was blatant to me without admitting it. And then Pam Oliver got bumped down to the team number two for the NFL on Fox coverage. I still, And then, you know, when they have a Super Bowl or something, they have Aaron Andrews on one side and they have Pam Oliver for the other team, blah, 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 on both sidelines. But I just go, nah, nah, they hire Aaron Andrews out of ESPN, ABC, Disney system, and then this is what happened. You shoot her right into the thing. Do I think Aaron Andrews is a gutless bitch? Like that Boston radio host once said. I know, like stop overreacting. But I just go, that the optics of it at that time. That was that was more blatant than this Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols situation. Yeah, and then if they really offer Maria Taylor all that stuff, you know, knocking down Rachel, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? But is Rachel Nichols the privilege whatever? I I I don't buy that. I think Rachel Nichols has obviously did more fucking work building credibility more than Aaron Andrews did. You know? And then, and Rachel Nichols has been around way longer, you know, going through paying her dues. You know, like Pam Oliver did being there from the beginning of Fox. So I want this like tribalism of arguments to fucking stop and look at the holistic picture of it. But then again, that's why I'm here. That's why I have the view that I have. From seeing this being a fucking media nerd for no reason for this long. So, that's the way I see it. And, yeah, I'm defending Rachel Nichols if you want to look at it that way. And I don't fault Maria Taylor for wanting the fucking money if you look at the landscape of this fucking business. So, please don't just take blatant sides. Blame ESPN for fucking this up. And then saying, oh, God, we, gotta, we, we cornered ourselves here. That's what ESPN just did. Yeah, and then two women had to... And then they're both women in sports media. It's already hard. Rachel Nichols wasn't wrong when she said, I see from the crummy records of ESPN, crappy diversity records from a women female point of view. And I go, that is absolutely true. So why are people knocking her for it? I don't understand. I think a lot of trolls are just coming out because they hate her guts for being, you know, speaking more, you know, having a personal tone and that the jump or all that stuff. I don't mind it so much, you know. Do I always agree with her stuff, like picking Klay Thompson on all defense and all that stuff? Not necessarily, you know. But do I knock her for it? No. Like, she's you know, building her character and her value and her career like the rest of the ESPN knuckleheads have done and then the sports media has been going. So you're going to cut her and then have Maria Taylor start from the beginning? What's going to happen three, four years from now? Let's say Maria Taylor signed that $5 million contract and then is in a place where Rachel Nichols has been. And then Maria is like almost 35, 36. And then the next woman comes up. Another minority girl. Maybe it's an Asian girl. Maybe it's a transgender girl. Maybe it's another black girl coming up. Oh, is Maria being the privileged bitch? Come on, man. See how much of a vicious cycle that you have created here? I rest my case. Anyways, thanks for listening. Oh my God, this went longer than I thought. But I, I thought I had to call that bullshit out of this mouth-breathing shit. Wh- I, I look at a few videos, and then, yeah, you had former ESPN people talk about it. That's how it is over there in ESPN, man. That's how it is over there. You know, all that. And then just calling Rachel Nichols out on this. Call, you know, I, I just go, can you look at – no one looks at the landscape of a history of the programming and then the contracts and personality that's been on this fucking network and how the sports media landscape has worked and then provides a th- real third-person you know, person view. Yes, the minority, especially women The visible minority women presence in sports media Needs a lot of fucking work And then just the visible minority work in general Needs a lot of fucking work You know How many of me, Asian people are on fucking sports shows And then talk sports like I do No one Yo, if ESPN, Fox Sports If you, if you pay me extra stipend I can do your fucking job and I can get you to fucking ratings, okay? Put me in there. Fucking Christ. You know? Shoe me in there. I got a bunch of samples I can do. Okay? But obviously, the fact that I can just challenge it like that is a testament to how lacking this this has been. And then for and then put women against each other, you know, it's hilarious, but then I don't think Rachel was starting a fucking fight. You know, with Maria going like, well, fuck this black bitch. I don't think that's what she said either. (laughs) And then if you look at the history of Rachel Nichols, I think she's done a fantastic job. More than fucking Aaron Andrews. Don't put her in the same shoes as like Aaron Andrews or some shit. That's ridiculous. I have my other criticisms of Aaron Andrews. That's not like purely, uh, fuck that white bitch, fuck her nose and all that stuff. And I just go, no, 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 it's not that. It's not that. But anyways. I, I dropped a lot of knowledge here, I feel like. Only the sports nerds who hear this shit are probably gonna understand where I'm coming from, but I hope that made sense. Shout out to the sports media podcast and all that out there. Maybe uh, maybe I maybe I can be a fourth eye view here of a of a fan perspective. But anyways, thanks for listening. I dropped a lot of mumbo jumbo in there, you know. Like my view, Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols, ESPN is a systematic problem. Also, I take the Fox Sports example from Pam Oliver and Aaron Andrews. You know, that that, that optics. But anyways, thanks for listening. And then uh, email me at aa-show at Email me at aa-show at outlook.com. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry for going along a little bit. But then uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.